1: I was my teeth chattering because I'm nervous. The pan- I've I've taken on all the angst from all our guests and all the my LPs and my founders, and now I'm just a rambling mess. Day <laughs> 700 of the panic. And as markets do, they rally as the numbers of COVID cases. Uh, we are now COVID Central America. We win again. Made America viral again, COVID. It's an embarrassing thing. We had two months of warning. No one's behaving. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm locked down. You're locked down. Yeah, we are. I have Purell. I opened our swimming pool today. It's full with Purel. It's thick. You dive in and it takes like four seconds to get to the bottom. <laughs> the, uh, the, um, market was up today. We are officially out of the first part of the panic. Now the panic will funnily be funnily. Is that a word? Um, now it How is. How would you say funnily in Norwegian? And I'm not even sure what the word means Funnily. in English. Funnily. It's a Howard word. It's like zipper. The, uh, you know what I really need? Uh, a weed whacker. I'm already off topic. Yeah, you do. Ellen listened to the podcast. She she thought that uh, I made a short joke. Of all the things, she, she laughed, she laughed. We were hiking. She was listening to the podcast with uh, Paul from Manscaped. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like you, I hear you laughing when you're listening to my uh, commentary. I hear you laughing in the other room, like Lurch from Adam's Family. And she goes, like the whole thing. She'd laugh and she laughs. She gets off. She goes, You made a short joke. Wrecked the whole thing. I didn't even remember <laughs> I made a short joke. You can't do that. She goes, That's racist. I said short jokes are not racist. That's got nothing to do with racism. Yeah, there's short people in every country. I just think short people are funny. They're cute.
0: Every ethnicity has short people.
1: All right. So I've my wife can find that one. She listens to like every word. I got the podcast. No one's listening. He's never going to come back on your show. She says, I said, I'm not doing another show. (laughs) This is a once in 20, 50 year pandemic. And by the way, everybody, now that everybody's in a lather uh, about, Oh, did I miss the bottom? Let's just remind you the 1918 pandemic, which killed, I think 5% of the global population. You know what came after that 18 months later, Canute? You tell me. Roaring twenties. Oh yeah. So listen, <laughs> I'll take, listen, let's put a hundred of my friends in this room. Let's take 5%. That'll them.
0: be the roaring 30s. I'll Hear take the other theory. side of that.
1: Yeah. We put a hundred friends in my room. Not I put a hundred of my enemies in a room. People that blocked on Twitter and we'll throw them in here with me. I'll take the risk 5%. <laughs> if you give me, I'll take it for the team. 18, if you give me 18 months out, we got a roaring 20s. Right. Pff, love the shoes from that era. All right. We're way off topic. So for, this is an important subject today because the government's uh, handing out money. Uh, I'm trying to read through it with the lawyers to figure out what our founders can do it. It, it seems pretty interesting. They're, they really are handing out money, million mm-hmm. bucks for startups and stuff. Uh, I don't know if the personal, I'm kind of going through it. A lot of information flying around right now, but uh, I invited Wouter, Vouter, is Dutch guy. So don't make fun of him. He's like a neighbor of yours.
0: I would, I would never do that.
1: And Vouter, who's like 11 years old, is, is unbelievable. He lives on a plane, but not anymore. He's stuck in San Francisco. Um, but they, their company, SecFi, S-E-C-F-I, which we're an investor in, really helps employees deal with options and uh, pre-wealth management. And in an era where, in a time frame right now where so many people are being laid off uh, or fired or let go uh, and have options, this is an important subject that people uh, will want to listen to. And Wouter speaks fast, I'll try and keep them slow, but this, their company is a very important company that uh, was doing very well before the crisis. Just give people uh, an idea of the, the value that's been wiped out. The global unicorn market, uh, according to uh, you know, best sources, uh, if you added up all the unicorns in the world, that's billion dollar companies, we had $1.3 trillion worth of unicorn paper. Public e- uh, equity, not public equity, out there mm-hmm. uh, a month ago. So if the markets are down thirty percent, let's just say I'm going to just haircut that by sixty percent. So so we went from 1.3 trillion to about six seven hundred billion. That's still a lot of money, okay. And and that six hundred billion may or may not come back. I'm bullish that it'll come back. It'll come back in the private markets in many different companies. So so some of that six hundred billions on its way to zero. If you were in the travel startups and sports startups, Mm -hmm. you know, there's chaos. But from this, as we talk about work from home, yada, 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 those unicorns, if we assume the world's going to continue, we're going to get back to 1.3 trillion with a lot of different companies. And SecFi helps uh, the people inside these unicorns, executives on the way to being unicorns, help them do wealth management. All right, so let's get them on the phone, but first pay it off. Uh, Sent me some copy, pay it off one of our portfolio companies. Uh, It's a venture-backed company by us and uh, struck capital in LA, building the next generation of B2B repayment solutions for student debt. They've built the first federal debt API that helps any fintech or financial institution. Hit me up if you fit that category, address student loans within their financial services product. The average borrower saves 3,000 bucks per year from their personalized assessment and enrollment functionality. That's real cash. These tools are especially helpful during COVID-19 situation as millions of borrowers are losing part of their income or their jobs entirely. Companies using the the API can provide immediate relief by enrolling them in income-driven repayment plans and forgiveness options. Tough word. Payitoff.io, P-A-Y-I-T-O-F-F.io. Let's get Voucher on the phone.
0: This is Arthur.
1: Hello, Holland.
0: <laughs> How are you?
1: Good. Let me just, are you wearing windmill clogged wooden shoes right now?
0: Um I wish I uh I wish I uh was actually. It's uh, kind of a chilly day here up in uh, up in Napa. Oh you're in I Napa? For, uh, I I I am, yes, I escaped the city for uh, for the corona coronavirus, figuring that not everybody will hold them to the to the, themselves to the lockdown.
1: And is are people behaving in, in Napa?
0: Surprisingly well, um, actually, which is which is really good to see. There is uh, uh, for the couple of grocery stores that uh, you do do. Um, uh, there's almost nobody on the street, which is very eerie and and uh, almost uh, yeah, it's very strange to see.
1: And you're stuck there from like, you live in London. You're stuck there like it's been a month or has it been three weeks?
0: yeah uh came here for uh for for initially for three weeks uh moving to the U.S. as well so i had to uh, i do have to leave the country at, at some point to get back in again but um but yeah everything is uh, is pretty much shut at the moment
1: And you're staying with uh friends in napa uh,
0: I'm staying at a at a house there's some some friends that are also uh, uh up here, but uh, we're all uh, self- quarantined
1: and Knut, how does this sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So Vauder, let's, uh, I gave some background before I got you on the, on the uh, podcast. This is panic with friends, but this is a more serious topic because while everybody else is panicking, we're, tr- this, this episode is about helping people. Uh, you know, I was explaining before you got on 1.3 trillion in unicorn value is now, let's say 500 to 700 billion, you know, if, you know, cause of the liquidity situation and fear and lending situation. So that's still real money. And there's a lot of angst as people get laid off and fired. So tell people quickly what SecFi does and um, how you guys can help in this type of time.
0: yeah, it's 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 interesting because Secfi itself was born out of a personal crisis that that I had. Um, so what we do is we help people uh, finance their option exercise. and also for those that already have shares, we can give them financing. Uh, against those shares, without having to 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 sell them, uh, how that crisis manifested for me was was I was working uh, for a startup, counted myself uh, you know, rich, uh, albeit on paper paper, yep. uh, paper rich, and uh, thought that I needed fifty thousand uh, dollars or so to exercise my stock options, but got hit with a whopping you know one point eight million dollar tax bill, which uh, I had no way of paying. And I can imagine that in this kind of environment where there are layoffs of, of different kinds, sometimes uh, because companies aren't performing well, but there's also people being laid off uh, for companies that do have solid business models uh, and people face the, those those very same challenges at the moment.
1: And meaning that the tax implication was what?
0: Well, what typically happens and what's, what is still the norm, I, I think there's some statistics out there that most companies still have a 90 days. Uh, exercise deadline, meaning that if you don't do anything with your stock you don't exercise that, that stock when you get laid off or you leave the company you have 90 days to, to, to exercise that stock. If it, and then one, once you do that, uh, you, you have to come up with the money to pay uh, for, for the tax. Uh, that is associated with it.
1: Yes. So this is going to create some tremendous com- panicky conversations with wives and families and husbands around the country, because uh, you're mainly U.S. You help U.S. Uh, companies. <clears throat> we're,
0: we're we're mainly U.S. And, and the reason why it's why it, it, it's a tough challenge is because you're absolutely right. There there is a liquidity uh, uh, rush and, and 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 a lot of you know people may not be willing to to invest in, 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 their, their startup, um, equity at the moment. Well, because so they've already little- had
1: four yeah. years. So like, th- let me explain this. You work at uh, let's name a company, uh, at, let's call it travel a, okay. We're not going to name names, but travel a is going hundred miles an hour. Uh, they've raised hundreds of millions. You've been there three years. You're an engineer. Uh, you, you've put in your time, you've earned your options, uh, and now you get laid off. And now you may have to make a decision where you actually now you're at that, that company's in the travel industry. You love the company, but business is down seventy percent. And now you gotta decide not only did you lose your job, but your four years, like, do I spend the money on my options? Is that correct?
0: That's correct. And, and, and don't forget that many people that, for example, come straight out of college that may choose between a job at a big bank, a job at a, at a consultancy, where in the short run they would have made a lot of money, mm-hmm. but they've given up that some of that upside and effectively invested that by becoming an owner in some of these startups. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's those employees at the moment that, that will, uh, you know, if they don't come up with the money to exercise, will actually lose out on uh uh, on, on a lot of that that equity, and in some cases, and we've also seen this, uh, uh, you know, in, um, in in previous years, we have terrible examples where people lose out on. It's not ten thousand, fifty thousand. It could be millions or multiple tens of millions uh, of equity value that that gets lost because people miss their. Because their they didn't mark.
1: really have their financial advisors don't know this, and there's been no education around this space. Correct.
0: That, and that's absolutely correct. And that's also one of the things that, you know, I had. Was, was so tell I your story. Just, just give
1: go in a little bit more detail how it worked with you. You don't have to name the company, but I know the company. But you might as sure. well if you can.
0: For me, how it worked is that um, uh, I had, I think, number two number of options in, in, in the company. And um, I, I understood sort of how I, that I needed to exercise my stock options uh, at, at some point. So when I left the company left on very good terms, I went ahead and and, and I did that. So at the time, uh, Carta was called eShares, and it had a nice uh, way of kind of paying for your option exercise. But what it didn't calculate and explain to me that that there would be additional tax to be paid uh, um, uh, to the tax authorities after you've exercised your shares. So I I went ahead and, and, and did that. I paid $50,000 and I got a call from actually from our HR manager who who asked me, uh, Do you have a tax advisor or a financial advisor that is helping you and advising you with this? And, and you I were pretty
1: young. Me. Yeah, you were 24 maybe?
0: <laughs> no, it's like 24. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, it, it's, it's, it's like a large upfront cost to understand something. And when the system says it's 50000 you kind of have to believe that that's, that's what it is. Yeah, you but think, Okay, I, I've energy.
1: locked it in, and you don't realize the long tail. <laughs>
0: You don't realize the long tail exactly or understand really the mechanics. So then investing $2,000, $3,000 into a financial advisor, tax advisor, uh, in retrospect, of course, you should always do that. But it didn't sort of cross my mind at that point in time. Um, So then got hit with that $1.8 million tax bill. Unfortunately, we we couldn't extend the option that I could extend it for longer, but I was able to cancel it, uh, uh, the exercise altogether. Um, So lost for me I lost all the stock because I couldn't find any solution in San Francisco or elsewhere that could just help me finance this exercise. And that's what was so baffling to me that there's no good solution for what is effectively a, a really big problem for everyone that lives within a you know a twenty mile radius of San Francisco and, and works in technology.
1: And now it's gonna be a global phenomenon.
0: Yeah. Well now it's gonna be it's going to be global. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's going to be global. This Definitely. is what excites me. And I know Andreessen and a lot of other companies that have done e-shares or Carda, et cetera. And what excited me when I met you randomly um, through another deal that you were sitting in the room working on another deal. <laughs> and I just hit it off with That's you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Wayne introduced us from Vancouver. So I meet yeah. you in San Francisco. Uh, you were working on one-off deals, doing this as a one-off, correct? Kind of like a transaction base. Like a lot of people do this as a transaction base. Hey, I got an uncle, we'll yeah, buy like, Facebook shares. Like this has been kind of a cottage industry until you had this idea.
0: Yeah, what? what I, I'm i a really big believer in like, if you want to test out, uh, if you want to build something, it, it's always good to have your first sale to, to really go through the process and make sure that there's like product market fit. Mm-hmm. So we met at a time where, I was doing exactly that. So it was our first ever investment in, in Uber at the time, mm-hmm. um, which has panned out well. And uh, that was that sort of use case led me to believe, well, if this is a problem for an engineer at Uber, then it must be a problem for, for everyone. And if it works and, 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 and we can scale this, then the only way we can really serve the people that need $40,000 and $50,000 is by technology. And yes. that's also what... What you mentioned is like, and that's what excites me so, so much, is we have made $50,000 investments. And these are people that can never go to a financial advisor or banker because Correct. they don't even open the, their virtual board. And that's kind of where we we have really pioneered in doing this with, uh, through technology.
1: And so what excited me, and I think what people, uh, you know, as is, is people get you know, the stock market's a stock market. There's this illusion of liquidity, and we've seen over the last month that liquidity is uh, a bit of an illusion. Uh, it works 90% of the time or 99% of the time, and that 1% that you uh, want liquidity, sometimes you just can't get it, or you get it 5 or 10% lower. Um, your market, it's in a liquid market. And so what my, cons- my thesis was, and tell me where you guys are, because I don't run the company, but when you... Pitched me the idea of a pre wealth, right? That's when the light bulb went off for me. There's all these young people between 25 and 40 that are in pre wealth, right? Like they've had the hacks, they've got the acorns, or they've got the robo advisor, but they're not really getting advice. They're just getting a place to put some cash uh, away, and they're not getting any financial advice. Meaning they put their four years in at a fast growing company or a company that's. Uh, uh, already was, you know, successful IPOs are not happening for, you know, multitude of reasons. Companies are staying private longer. So all their person's wealth, and especially if they live in San Francisco or New York, where all the big companies have been for the last 15 years, and maybe that'll change uh, the cost of buying your first home or a car, uh, you don't even have the cash. You may make 250 a year, but you don't have any cash because of the living expenses. And so this pre-wealth category is going to be a massive category. There's all this, even at a 50% haircut off the 1.3 trillion is 650 billion in untapped, uh, and let's just say 20% of that is available through stuff like what you're doing. So there's 120 billion of liquidity out there uh, at, uh, at the low end that could be unlocked through products like SecFi, Correct.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's right. And what you also see in today's, uh, sort of environment and what's happening in the private markets, you have, I think at every crisis, you have winners and losers, right? So you have, at the moment, I think companies such as DoorDash, uh, are thriving despite, despite what is happening with, um, uh, the public markets. I was actually speaking to uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh Max, who's the CEO of, uh, of WorkFusion, uh, and, they do. Um, they autom- help people automate uh, uh, tasks on their on their computer, and that is really relevant in, in, in these days because you have Dell and I think others have laid off their uh, their offshore centers uh, because people can can't come to work. So it's like those kind of companies are now also like uh, thriving in um, in, in times like this.
1: Right. So for the $600 billion that gets wiped away, there'll be a new $600 billion over the next 5, 10 years that gets created in different verticals and in different markets, and they're going to have the same problems. But they'll be better educated this time with products like SecFi. So right now, you don't have to be a customer. You go to sccfi.com, and what happens?
0: So what we do, um, we do a pretty um, sort of expensive uh, get started flow, if you will. So we, 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 try, we try to be very precise and really helping people understand their their equity. So we take your equity details, um, but we go a lot further than that because we look at where you live, what kind of income you make, and then we uh, after you have uh, applied, you get a completely full picture. It's, it's for free, you don't have to pay for it. You get a complete picture of your tax situation and then on top of that, we layer your different option grants and mm-hmm. show you the tax implication of each and every option grant to the dollar per side. Yeah, it's pretty magical. And you can do that. It, you can do that for states. Uh, we take that all into account. We of course take into account the federal level. And then we also, uh, cause we're a big believer that like understanding is step one uh, all the way to action. But in the middle you have to actually understand the implications of doing different things. So you can do scenario modeling, you can look at like uh, which grants are the most efficient to exercise, should I exercise over multiple years? And all these kind of things help people educate and understand uh, for which you have to pay really expensive CPAs uh, uh, to do that kind of work. And oftentimes they don't even really they don't really know the intricacies
1: of the of the state exactly. and the, and whether it's ISOs or NSOs. And tell us why. And it's nobody's fault. Let's just let's speak the truth. Why aren't companies like companies can't really do this because of fiduciary issues? Correct.
0: Yeah. So companies. Um, so it, it's really interesting. So we, we we do speak, of course, with a lot of our our our, our, our companies that we work with, and uh, some of them are really. Um, you know, uh, are, are are really sort of ahead of the curve, where they give really good education with like monthly sessions.
1: Give me an example. Give but us an what, example.
0: I think ClassPass is doing a really great. Okay, so ClassPass, job like, you know, ed, is educating their 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 customers. So what they do is like uh, giving presentations around, you know, how do how what is an NSL, what is in what is an what is an ISO, like all those kind of different things. And and the, these concepts like you can all understand understand uh, individually, but the problem is like after you go away from a presentation like that, it is very difficult for people to understand. Okay, but what does that mean for me? Correct. And that's because it's not an easy spreadsheet model. It's a no, multi it analysis with um, with with everything. So. The thing is is like that's where you need to have software that actually models this out for you because it's much more complicated if you put all these different rules together and that's mm-hmm. what the US tax code fortunately for us US tax code is very complicated.
1: The uh, I love that. You have a good attitude. The so so people need to take this has always been my thing you know I'm an educator I believe you know I knew that eventually hundreds of millions of people would be onboarded to the financial system, be it Bitcoin, Robinhood, eToro, uh, Carda, SecFi, AngelList. Um, and now we have this glut, right? We have panic for the first time. And yeah, you can sell your Apple stock. And yeah, you can sell your uh, Boeing if you work at Boeing. But if you work at one of the top 200, 300 startups of the world, uh, you there's chaos, because there's no liquidity, you don't have answers, you haven't planned, and this is why we call pre-wealth, and this is why it's an important part of social leverages uh, and you know strategy of theme, and so we're really, I've learned so. M- I mean, first of all, I don't like you know I start reading it, and that's, that I want to be honest with people. I don't like explaining this. This is why I have an app called Tom, which is my partner, Canute Tom. <laughs> He always picks up on the first <laughs> click. The uh, we have Tom who understands this stuff for our founders. We take this stuff seriously, but with products like Secfi, literally you can go secfi.com and magic. You just type in a few things, and like you have. Engineers are smart, marketing people are smart, sales people are smart, it's just some inputs, and then you can see your life unfold in a pre-wealth way. Now, of course, the company has to continue to execute, and of course, things can go wrong within that company, as we're seeing right now, which companies were going 100 miles an hour, uh, and things were great, and hiring was going on, have, have seen their top line go to 70% down. So, you know, that's the markets. That's not just your bad luck. That happens in the stock market, too. But what people should be doing, even if their job company is not a unicorn is going to secfi.com and start thinking about and learning what this is because like what Wooter you were saying earlier, yeah, you can go to work at Boeing or you can go to work at JP Morgan or consultancy or a public company in Apple and they'll hold your hand and they have manuals and and they may do this for you and you can check your stock price every day, but not at private businesses. And after what we're seeing in the public markets now, and with the with the, with the, the way they're going to take down the public markets again and, and create this inflation, I think the private markets become more important than ever. So every employee in the country should be going and telling their friends to learn what an NSO is and an ISO. Also how to negotiate these things, Walter. how important is that?
0: yeah it's very important and we, and we even see that that even companies are misinformed so uh, i'll give you an example um uh, you can only grant up to $100,000 worth of isos in a single tax year and we see companies uh, you know giving giving more than that so we also try to then explain to employees that only only what is granted up to $100,000 will qualify as an iso and the rest is an nso so we're also trying to be a resource for like companies their equity plans uh, and also to for employees to to make sure that what they what they see and, and whether it's in 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 their sort of cap table management software or in their uh, equity ground documents that 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 actually works from a from a tax point of view and that they're getting getting the right information
1: yeah and i'll give some uh- what, can you give a little more background on the company? Because this is like, I think people need to understand that you're well financed, profitable. This is, whether Even though it's a startup, this is a really good business, but you have big vision around it. So it's not like this is a startup and, a, and you, know, you come to the website and you won't be there tomorrow. Walk people through you know, the company, how many people, yeah, the sure. offices around the world, and uh, the type of deals that you've done so far.
0: Yeah, we um, so we we when we met uh, is when we raised uh, our our Your, life, round. Changed. Oh, Your life changed. Your life It's my life changed <laughs> absolutely. So we raised our seed round, which is now what uh, what is it two and a half years ago. Um, we then really started to focus on uh, on building the product, making sure that people can actually would go to the to our website and actually leave us with really confidential. Information, right? So we really wanted to build the the company around trust and be sensible about how we do things. Um, this is not a break fast and, and learn things kind of kind of company, right? Uh, because it's all very sensitive data. We then raised um, six million uh, Series A um, uh, from from Rocker Park.
1: Yeah, you got a good and deal. We also oh, no.
0: Jesus. <laughs> and
1: Wes, if you're listening, please well, call we, me.
0: We, we, <laughs> <laughs> and we um, we then uh, focused really on like getting the product right, making sure that we, you know, we can actually handle demand because no one has ever built and, and made, uh, you know, getting a mortgage, uh, getting basically like financing for your shares, making that as easy as getting a mortgage for your house. And Correct. it doesn't mean that you always get that mortgage because you, you have to be underwritten, but that was really a big part Really good point.
1: Really good point. And uh, really good point about the underwriting. You, Explain that meaning and, it's no guarantee you come to the yeah, site, so, fill it out and money shows up the next day.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the same for now, right? It, 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 the fact that people are laid off also means that we have to look at the fundamentals of the company that, that lay off these, these people. So we're obviously also don't want to uh, finance those, those, those deals that, that have no, no real, um, uh, uh you know, Value. likely return. Yeah. So, so that's kind of where we, we focus on, on, um, on a lot, and that has also, um, you know, led to uh, the announcement that we did at the beginning of this year. Uh, so we, we topped the series A up with a 550 million dollar partnership with uh, Serengeti, uh, where we where we can be investors in these in these deals. And, and that is, I think, uh, if I have to sort of explain, like that part of the vision is really that this is not a marketplace business. Founders and, and C level executives are not going to sort of Trade their stock on 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 a, on, a, on a sort of a digital uh, exchange because you have to underwrite these these companies and that's what we uh, that's what correct. We do with There's their, all their these ideas.
1: like fly by night ideas. Oh, we'll just create a stock exchange, and I'm not against it. I'm just saying, let's be honest. The current stock exchange works pretty goddamn well, and we're seeing it right now. And so for all these people that think you know they hate the SEC and Finra, uh, I've always said we should be you know as much as we make fun of them. We should, this is a great system. And, and what you're doing is true underwriting, right? Not everybody should get a loan. Not every dog should have a mortgage.
0: That's right. That's, that's also the only way you can work with companies. They're not going to give their sensitive financial data to Good let's say 500 different investors that will invest in one deal. And I'm, what I'm also just worried about in those type of transactions is you know, what are people investing and in? on what basis do they think that, you know, DoorDash is a better company versus a Postmates versus an Instacart. Mm-hmm. It's like all these things that people don't really know. And I think that is that is not not the right way to go about it. You need to understand what kind of security you're investing in mm-hmm. and then also understanding the risk of that security. And you can only do that by proper underwriting.
1: Yeah, and Serengeti is a giant hedge fund uh, that has uh, got an underwriting team. You have your own underwriting team, correct, at SecFi?
0: Yeah, correct. So Serengeti is uh, is based out of New York, and they specialized in in basically understanding special situation and and, and have a, also a credit uh, background. Mm-hmm. So their team there really focuses on like understanding these, uh, you know, companies from every different angle. As you can maybe imagine, one time you're underwriting ride sharing to artificial intelligence to uh, automation on the work, uh, work floor. So it's yeah. a lot to, uh, to understand.
1: To, to ClassPass, which is logis- logistics and butts and seats business. <laughs> right?
0: Yes.
1: And so how many people at SecFi now?
0: So we have, um, yeah, we, we have 29 people. I would like to say three locations, but I think it's like uh, 29 locations at the moment because we're all Zooming. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main office is in uh, San Francisco and uh, Amsterdam.
1: And Amsterdam is my favorite. So so your partner, you're from Amsterdam, correct? Yes. And Frederick, your partner is, well, not part of it, but co-founders is in Amsterdam as well. And he runs the team in Amsterdam. You're on a plane.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, you can kind of call almost my partner as well. It's not even that much of a Freudian slip. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and, much, much time that we, uh, that we spend at
1: And so um, how do does an employee you know, they go to Secfi. they learn about NSOs, ISOs, they plug in their numbers. How, how, what sources do you use to track companies if you can share? Like, so an employee can know where they stand in the world of private companies. Is there like sources that you read that uh, young people should be reading when they join companies?
0: Yeah, I think um, we, we use, we have multiple different sources. So um, the first source is always the, the person that we work with because they understand the company. They often have, uh, a lot. Uh, they've been there for I don't know how many years, so they have a sort of idea of what the company is doing, how they're doing. Then we typically like to work with companies, uh, so it's not so, not something that we do um, that 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 you can do in in, uh, in in a day. But we work with them. We do the underwriting. We look at their latest financial information, their data, just like any venture capital investor would would make their investments. And then we also track uh, other uh, other data sources. So there's great. Companies out there, such as Second Measure, which tracks credit card spending, and we use that to kind of see how companies are doing on a on a weekly basis, for example, uh, as well as some other data sources uh, such as PitchBook and others to understand uh, how the cap tables work, what 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 could be likely competitors, uh, to really develop a holistic overview of whether this is a sound uh, investment. Um, uh, that's kind of where we usually start.
1: Fantastic. And anything else that uh, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about the roadmap or, or, or where uh, you envision the company to be. So I don't want you to, but can you say anything about that?
0: Yeah, I can. In, on a high level, I think what we see uh, in terms of the roadmap is that we, uh, I have, I always like to think that I have the, one of the, mo- the best jobs in the world. Uh, because we give people money and the people are super happy with that, mm-hmm. <laughs> so can you imagine? Yeah, because you're and handing
1: them not their first ten thousand. In some cases, it's three million.
0: W- we're turning them from pre-wealth customers to wealth customers, mm-hmm. and and that's a great feeling. Uh, that's still what I love most about my job. And um, we also that brings a lot of questions because people are making on on average, uh, people on our plat- platform are making three hundred eleven thousand dollars. Uh, per year, got, it. but getting getting five million is a very different uh, experience. So that means that they ask these questions around how should, what should I try to do with that five million? Should I invest it? Where should I hold it? Should it be in a trust? Should I be like all these kind of things that come with suddenly becoming wealthy. and what you see in the market is that you have innovators like uh, uh, like such as Chime Bank, which is more for the paycheck to paycheck kind of customer at the upper, uh, at the upper range, you have Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley that have announced recently on Bloomberg that they won't take clients under 25 million of liquid assets. So you have this entire gap in the middle oh where we God, can effectively find, find products that work for this specific user group that we so well understand that nobody is serving because it's a niche market. And I love niche markets, so that's where that's where we're going after.
1: And so trust is the name of the business, the name of the game. Uh, It's not easy building a fintech company. What kind of panic are you seeing? Obviously you have to run your business, but you obviously are a wealth manager in many ways, pre-wealth manager. So uh, there was deals that are on the table. Companies now have changed direction and they went from I'm worth 10 million to I'm worth 2 million. So what is the, what is the, what do you hear at your level?
0: Yeah, I think the the, the most notable change that I see is um, is a a difference in strategy when people exercise it. So let me explain sort of what that means. Is Let's say three months ago, the the strategy of most people was getting just enough money from us to basically exercise their stock options, uh, pay for the taxes, and then hold on to that private company stock. You see now many more requests of like, well, could I get an additional fifty thousand dollars? Could I get an additional hundred thousand dollars? Just because so, people are looking for for that additional cash, so that's what we see on our side, and that makes it um, uh, that makes it great. That for those companies where we think the fundamentals are very strong, obviously, um, we do want to keep making those investments.
1: Fantastic. And what are you seeing? I mean, we got work from home. We've got uh, teleconferencing. We've got telemedicine. Um, you have to stay on the cutting edge. That's what I was saying. Like forgetting about the company, what sources do you use to sniff out great companies? Cause obviously people are inputting their data into SecFi and that's very confidential information, but obviously you see trends there. But I mean, f- how do you every day wake up and go, these are the companies I need to call on?
0: Yeah. It's like um, we, we of course check in with the, the, the various companies which you work, like how is everything doing? And you do, you, you do the calls uh, to make sure that that um, that there still sound investment. but also I mentioned the source before uh, second measure. I think every week or so they publish credit card data uh, oh. for for uh, for households. So you can kind of look how is Doordash comparing versus uh, versus others and and news outlets like the information use that to build up, build up some of those articles that you may have seen of Uber versus lyft mm-hmm. and and that is really something that we try to leverage as much as possible um as well to to stay on top of things and there's there's obviously there are natural companies that are probably not not good investments at the moment you mentioned already like the sort of the the, the travel space is something where you have to be really careful whether people have the 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 the, the good uh, uh basically balance sheet to to weather the storm uh, depending on how long it takes
1: And restaurants and service and certain service industries, but there's also booms happening now in other stuff in other areas. So, so the pie changes the, but the, it's growing. It's just the components of the pie, uh, are moving in different directions. Is there anything, is there anything that you're excited about? Like you just see and you go, these are new trends that are obvious that are happening in unicorn land.
0: Well, I was thinking actually about what startup would I like to, uh, that 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 should be built uh, by by someone else because I, I'm of course to doing yeah. And what I'm really seeing is like 2008 crisis gave us Uber and Airbnb, so like the gig economy. But yeah. now, who is hit the hardest is the is the gig economy in 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 in, in some way? Uh, people Uber drivers that have no no work, but also no safety net. Right. So I think the next level of sort of that gig economy, sort of the 2.0, should include maybe private companies offering insurance uh, in times like this. You see government stepping in in some point, but not in all areas. So it's kind of those kind of ideas. Also around, you know, Zoom is 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 great, but not everybody has access to it. There's there's working from home is definitely not perfect. So it's very likely we'll see some startups taking advantage of this and coming up with solutions. That could be unicorn companies in a couple of years' time.
1: And so, how does an employee or a group of employees get together and push? Like you need, you need buy-in from the top or the bottom at Secfi. How does it work? Well, how do you how do you think people should push for this?
0: So we use a combination of approaches. So uh, we like to sort of work with the people that uh, have the have the need, and it's often. It, it you're right. You know, it could, it's usually one, and then there's three, and then there's nine. And then we work with them to uh, get buy-in from the company, have a have a conversation there. And, and what you see is that um, companies try to be very helpful because they know this is such a big component for their employees, not Got just it. those that are that have deadlines, but also for tax reasons, right? A lot of a lot of employees that work at companies that are, skyrocketing, you know, you've, you've seen data breaks. we've seen Snowflake growing very, very, uh, very fast. Most people want to exercise their options because that IPO is coming, and they want to lock in their basis for, for capital gains. So there's a real incentive for them to do so. But the companies want to be helpful, but they just don't want them to, to sell their shares. And because we offer a solution that, that can help them achieve their goals without having to change the cap table, have all the admin nightmare, um, we actually see a lot of success in, in 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 that approach
1: got it so the employee doesn't necessarily have to go to the the CEO or CFO and say hey they can just go to secfi on their own the signals will start uh, happening correct
0: yeah and then we as, as part of our process we will uh, we will inform the company of who, of who, we, who we are and it's never been uh, an issue because we have that approach of transparency and creating that trust uh, and and making things happen that way
1: yeah so people listen secf Don't cost nothing. Go learn. Educate yourself. Punch in your numbers. Uh is secfi knows how to do it on the other end of the business. This is uh it's not hocus pocus. The spreadsheets and the math and the taxes and the stuff have spent years putting this together in simple formulas and formats. Not simple, but for you on the on the user end, it's very good. Tell your friends. Uh, do not bury your head in the sand. And as I like to tell people, you know, you, you know you're know, you young, you're 25, you know, hi, hop aboard a rocket ship, but you have a responsibility whether you're inside one of these great companies to take care of your pre-wealth. So Wouter, thanks for uh, starting the company. Thanks for uh, solving this type of problem. Thanks
0: for that meeting in uh, San Francisco.
1: And that was great. And thanks, uh, you know, this is serious, this is a serious time and there's some serious you know, decisions by households about, you know, should I change direction? Should I, you know, if you have a skill as an engineer, you want to find, uh, companies that are growing very fast. Is there, is there a place on SecFi where people can learn which companies are growing fast or do you recommend like, how do, you know, I'm starting out and I want to go work. Um, how do you recommend someone goes, do that goes and does that?
0: No, so we take, uh, of course, the data that we get from our, from our clients like super uh, serious and confidential. Um, I think the best way for people to get educated is one of the sources I always use in my due diligence is Glassdoor.com. Okay, like learning from either satisfied or disgruntled employees is one of the best ways to kind of know is this a company for for which I want to work. And we actually use this in our due diligence and ask amazing companies questions. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's exactly. the founder
1: of Zillow. I think started that. The um, okay. Well, I've taken enough of your time. Thanks, Wouter. Uh, good luck, and uh, at least you're uh, you're 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 in the comfort there a little bit up in uh, Napa. Thanks
0: so much for having me. I'll see you next
1: time. See you. What do you think?
0: Uh, this is a product that didn't even know no existed.
1: this is like everybody there's so much lack of education out there and so much like mystery and like bad information and and uh, this is something that like he had this problem he lost millions of dollars of it. he got out of it you know he probably was, didn't sleep for a year because he had the tax implication of this 50k that he mm-hmm. scrounged up and borrowed became a million aid tax liability and that's when he put this is when you find founders who have had these problems and then spend years trying to solve them and those are the type of things that social leverage gets excited about. Domain experience, especially in a crash, especially uh, post-crash, you want to find weathered people. People get really nervous and they go, ah, a crash, and they go hide out. No. The coming out of a crash, like we may be coming out of over the next six months, should be coming out of, obviously, in the next six months to a year, this is the time to find people that now have, you know, a little bit more battle scars. They've been screwed over by the markets or they've been screwed over by their boss or their company and they've got a problem that they wanna solve. So keep your head up everybody and we'll be back panicking uh, later.